Hello and welcome to Box Not Included, the show looking at geek culture and the media we love and love from a queer perspective. I'm Hamish, a mystery wrapped in an enigma wrapped in pastry. Steel. That is the exact thing. Well, minus the pastry that I was going to say. And that makes me inordinately <laughs> happy, but also what? as a sign that you and I have the same pool of references. <laughs> oh my God. I'm Jade. Copy and paste Hamish's response. <laughs> Rose. That's incredible. Thank you. And today we're doing something a little different, or perhaps not that different. It's a no-box Vox Pop, but this time we're asking each other questions. Today, we are the geek culture that we love and loathe. <laughs> yes. We thought that after almost 30 episodes, it was time for us to actually take another step back and reintroduce ourselves and talk a little bit about ourselves. Yeah, we've discussed labels in our first episode. Uh, you've heard snippets about like our Hogwarts houses, but this is more of a general... Getting to know you, getting you to know, know all about you, kind of deal. Yeah, um, It's probably going to be a bit shorter than our usual episodes, despite appearances to the contrary. We don't like talking about ourselves that much. <laughs> um, but we hope you enjoy this little foray into mm. the minds of your podcast hosts. Uh, we've basically got uh, a load of questions that we wrote down, some of which we'll both answer, some yes. of which... Uh, may involve a little bit more of a breakdown and a bit more uh, soul searching. Yeah, we decided to do a yeah, no box box pop at each other. Yeah, and it's fun to have that. Yeah, power. I mean, I mean, Hamish and I have been friends for how many years now? A while. A while. Four, five years? Is it five years? When did Pacific Rim come out? And then twenty thirteen. A few months. Twenty thirteen. And wasn't it like the next year? Because it wasn't the year, because it was a yeah, year yeah. after it came out that it was a while. A while. A while. And it's good. Um, I feel like I've known Hamish a very long time, but I'm still intrigued to ask some of these questions because there are plenty here that I don't actually know the answer to. Oh, I feel like my questions are a bit more superficial. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being superficial. Okay. Which uh, Should we start above the break or below the break? It's time above the break. Keep things in order. You want to start with the hardest question? Well, I say the hardest question. I thought these were put in hard. These weren't meant to be in any kind of. Right. Oh. Hamish. Okay. I wouldn't ask you to name your ultimate favourite movie. One, because I kind of know what that is. If gun to your head, only tell me one. Yeah. But what are your f- top five movies? And these are not meant to be an indication of quality of movie. These are the f- your five favourite films. Yes, these are films in which I can just watch again whenever. Yeah. Um, they would be Speed Racer, an iconic, beautiful piece of work. Uh, Return to Oz, um, formative as fudge um, experience, which is part of the reason I'm doing the job I am now. Um, then things start to break apart a little bit. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> They're all kind of weird children's films. Um Give me two more. Uh, Matilda. I know that that's not one of yours. You have issues with it. I have issues with it as an adaption. I think as its own film, it's got a lot going for it. And then the fifth one might be... This is, the fifth one is the one that's up for debate. Okay. Because there's a few things that slot in. Yeah. It's this interesting is- that Godzilla's my favourite thing, but I don't consider any of the films to be my favourite film. Yeah. Um... That one was either going to be Rocky Horror Picture Show, mm-hmm. um, 
or Ooh. House, which is a strange horror film, but it's very formative and influential oh. to me. I don't know. The fifth one changes a bunch. Yeah. Rocky Horror Picture usually what I jump to. Fair enough. But that might change. That's cool. What about you? Uh, da, 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 da. Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Mm-hmm. Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. Little Miss Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Lilo and Stitch. Mm-hmm. And the fifth one also kind of varies depending on my mood. Once we start reaching into the top ten, it's the same films that just sort of yeah. dart, dart, dart in and out. But it's probably... Tank Girl or A Knight's Tale <laughs> um, because I adore them. Practical Magic is right up there as well. But those those four, um, which was interesting. I had the realisation not that long ago that, um, yeah, well, if if you count my three, four of, four of, three of those four are sci-fi. I mean, my... Pacific Rim, Eternal Sunshine, and Lilo and Stitch are all sci-fi movies. Yeah. I mean, all my favourite films are... I think it says what kind of films you'd want to make. Yeah. Because um, mine are all slightly atypical children's films Yeah, that have a slightly dark edge. Whereas I think mine are all... One, a lot of them are themes of family and finding people. But mm. also I feel like they're all about hope mm. in some ways. Which mine are very visually interesting. I was going to say mine are too. I mean, Little Miss Sunshine is probably the least visually interesting of them, but like Pacific Rim and Eternal Sunshine have got some of my favourite film visuals. Well, it's actually interesting because my top five favourite films aren't all really my favourite directors. It's a bit like Godzilla. I kind of yeah. like consider like I don't put any like Studio Ghibli films in there. I don't put. I haven't got anything by Michel Gondry, who directed Eternal Sunshine, yeah. who I always think of as my favourite director. Um, but we were talking about films that we just watch again and again, like yeah, our go-to movies. Comfort films. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my favourite ones. Hey, Hamish. Yeah? What's your favourite Muppet? <laughs> now, there's no pressure to answer this question, but I do think people, the, the Muppet people name as their favourite is deeply telling about who they are as a human being. I think it's got to be Miss Piggy. Like, I feel ah! Miss Piggy is very influential to lots of young gay boys. Uh-huh. She's... I love that... I love that the fact that she's a pig is so incidental. There's almost no jokes yeah. made at the fact that... She's a pig? She's a pig. It's all about glamour and divaness. And taking nobody's shit. Yeah, and like, I love... I don't know. I feel I. She's so. It, it's hard to choose her because I mean, as a little gay boy, quite often one's favorite is the one hyper feminized one with all of the female signifiers. That's the only one in the group of twenty that's a girl. But as a kid, you don't read it that way. You just think she's the cool, fabulous one. Yeah. Like my favorite. In Mario, there's the Koopalings. My favourite one's Wendy, the one girl. Mm. My favourite one's... Always, I, I always play as Princess Peach. Yeah. And things like that. I just... But also she makes me laugh. Like, as a grown-up, she makes me laugh a lot. And yeah. um, I was listening to the soundtrack to Muppets Most Wanted, one of the greatest musicals of our time. Mm-hmm. And in one of the songs, when the... Um, the guy from Modern Family... Yeah, plays the French, Ty Burrell. Yeah, he's uh, listing all these 
sort of pig puns. Yeah. And she's like, quit with the pig puns, creep! Why don't you jump the lake? And I just, <laughs> I love that kind of... Yeah. Creamy. Yeah. Flip to... Yeah. Crazy. She's, I know. she's great. Were you not expecting that? I'm not surprised by your answer. <laughs> but I also, that wouldn't have necessarily been where I would have jumped to. Mm. What about your? Who's your favourite Muppet? It's Kermit the Frog. <gasps> It's not easy being green. Oh, no. you're wearing green right now. I know. No, the reason I love Kermit um, is like he always, one, he always sees like the good in people, but also he always feels like he's like a hair's breadth away from utterly losing control of everything. Mm. And his entire existence is desperately trying to keep everybody else on point. Like he's the perennial stage manager. Yeah, there's not many main characters who are actually in charge of the rest. Yeah. Um, as, as somebody that frequently felt like I had to be in charge of like lots of younger people, mm. one, some people might just say I'm bossy as fuck. <laughs> I like to know things like that. But uh, yeah, Kermit always felt like very big hard, but always trying to get people, help people to get where they were meant to be. Also, Kermit's flailing arms is one of the most... Yeah, full-on... I do call it Kermit flailing. Mm. When I'm, like, hyper... The, the full-on Kermit... Yeah! Is like one him. of my all-time favourite things ever. <laughs> I like when Kermit does the face. The, oh, the, the, the like, sucked-in face. <laughs> like, like um, mood. I do have to say, a close second is the Great Gonzo. Ah, uh, yes. Was that who you were expecting me to say? More so, I think. I love Gonzo because Gonzo is unapologetically himself and an utter weirdo. Mm. Um, but also, my main thing with the Muppets is the Muppet movies. Yeah. And what you have to understand is the great Gonzo's portrayal of Charles Dickens is perpetually etched into my memory yeah. and is the greatest portrayal of Charles Dickens ever committed to camera. Mm. Will never be beaten. And... <laughs> I can recite pretty much. I I know that performance like the back of my hand. Yeah. It'd be fun to do a stage production of The Muppets Christmas, Christmas Carol. Wouldn't it, though? <laughs> Wouldn't it, though? Um, but yes, I am a big fan. But Kermit, Kermit is who I am, but I have a lot of empathy for Gonzo. Mm. And one of my favourite comic strips I think I've seen from The Muppet Comics is him walking past the men and women's toilets just to a door. Like, Gonzo is sort of canonically non-binary as well. Because mm. it's like, are you a man or woman? I'm just like, I'm me. Mm. Plus, you got to respect somebody whose core relationship in life is with a chicken called Camilla and gives my fucks. <laughs> yeah. And he rides a motorbike. So Gonzo's cool. Yeah. But yeah, Kermit is my, is my homeboy. So... <laughs> this is my dream come true. Sorry, I'm going to start singing. Yeah. Um... Are you asking these questions? These ones? Uh, well, we could. I still say we could drop below the line because I feel like I don't I'll, I'll, I'll come back. To, okay, we'll stick in the top half. I'm going to skip the next one because it's quite similar to the one we just answered. Okay. Uh, would you rather go to the cinema or watch a movie at home? If it wasn't a super crowded. Movie? Well, no. I I feel unique. Mm -hmm. I I don't know in the fact that I would always choose the cinema. Oh, really? I love being in the cinema. It's so strange to me because I'm so... I'm so much of a homebody. No, and like, same. There's there so much things that annoy me about cinema and yeah. it's so expensive and I but hate other people. But like, being in that big room with the surround sound and the big... You lose yourself. 
mm. in a movie at the cinema in a way that you can't at home. I like the restriction of not... I'm very distracted The easily. rest of your life isn't there when you're at the cinema. Yeah, I like that everything can turn off. No one's going to walk in. I mean, they might walk in. You might get a phone call. Yeah, I can I turn, turn my off my phone off. off. Um, I like the waiting mm-hmm. for a film. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I quite like... I mean, occasionally I might like mutter little things, but yeah. I like the silence and the, the like, the taking in of a film and then getting to talk about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Same. It's very different. Um, and actually, I've got a Prince Charles Cinema membership recently, and oh, cool. I've gone to see some of my favorite. I've gone to see Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and I'm going nice. to see Return to Oz. Nice. Um, so they're playing a lot of my favorites, and I need to get a membership. I'm very sad that I'm going to be in Latvia when they're showing Shin Godzilla. Um, but I went to see Mothra there. Mm-hmm. And just so going to see old films mm. um, and being in a room full of people that know they love the film or yeah. it's someone's first time and you're yeah. bringing someone along is also very mm. special. And Hamish and I met at a screening uh, of Pacific Rim. Yeah. So. Um, I just think there's something very special about it. Yeah. I think, I don't think cinemas will ever really go away. No. Um, I don't. I've seen a lot of films get released both at the cinema and digitally at the same time. I think that's kind of a good idea. Yeah, I can. I, I think especially with indie films and arty films that you might not be able to get to a cinema showing it. Yeah. Um, I just think there's always going to be a reason people want to go to the cinema. Mm-hmm. One of my one of my favorite memories. I think I had a day free. I was up in London and I was going to be meeting somebody in the evening. Yeah. So I had time to kill. And I literally wound up at the Odeon on Shaftesbury Avenue, the one that is technically the Covent Garden cinema, even yes. though it's not in Covent Garden. No. Um, and I, that day I watched um, Sunshine Cleaning Company, I think that's mm. what it's called, um, and Midnight in Paris. And I watched both films by myself. I just spent a day mm. in the cinema. No, it might not have been Sunshine Cleaning. I might have seen Sunshine Cleaning with somebody else. But I definitely watched two movies the same day by myself. And I had a really lovely time. My memories of seeing films at cinema are so much mm. better than vivid. Yeah, we talked about that in the formative films episode, didn't we? Like that, it becomes an experience. I can remember the day. Yeah. And I remember days when I saw both films. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing Batman vs. Superman in the morning. Yeah. Going into the car park with my brother and Lydia just to work out what we just saw. Mm-hmm. Then seeing Zootopia. Yeah. And coming out of cinema and then being like, yeah, that was great. Anyway, so Batman vs. Zooman, what the hell was that? <laughs> like, um, I don't know. I can, I just remember certain days. I remember seeing um, Ang Lee's Hulk and Charlie's Angels full throttle on the same day. What a day. What a weekend. What a day. <laughs> Etched into the annals of cinematic history that weekend. Rightly so. Um, I uh, just, yeah. That's cool. Uh, tangentially related, I am just nipping below. Sweet popcorn or salt popcorn? <gasps> oh, okay. I'm... Uh, mm, this is controversial for me. Oh? Salt everywhere. Sweet at the cinema, because I find it... You can't really capture that at home. But I'm always disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I always choose sweet, because I don't think I was allowed it as a kid for some reason. All right. And then I'm just always disappointed. I actually like mixed because it has a kind of salted caramelly flavour. Okay. Um, Fair. But yeah. I don't know. What about you? Nothing but salt. <laughs> yeah, I feel that's how I feel. That's my identity. But I keep trying to convince myself. 
I like buttered popcorn. Yes. But you can't get that here. Lydia makes it um, at home, at, like, when we mm. watch a film, and then we eat it with chopsticks. Because I don't... The thing I don't like about buttered popcorn, and sorry to all the Americans listening, but there's a lot of American snack food that you just have to have horrible, like, com- mm. like messy hands. Yeah. And I just do not understand that. Yeah. Sorry, but to yeah, no. Uh, when I've gone to Amer- off of yeah, going listening. to America and having buttered popcorn is definitely yeah, yeah. You guys know how to do popcorn in the states. Then you can get all the cool dustings like cheese popcorn. Is that like, cheese popcorn is amazing? Popcorn's just a base. It's can like popcorn it's one is of those a car- few, is a carrier. It's one of those things where it can kind of work with anything, like a yeah. potato chip. We're, we're popcorn fans. Yeah. yeah. There's an amazing company in Chicago. They do all these different flavored ones, and you can buy like massive tins and just. It's mm. heaven. Um, anyway, what was the first album you ever bought? The first album I bought myself. No, that was bought for me. I think that was bought for. A lot of music was bought for yeah. me, like because I was interested. It wasn't something I ever really bought for myself. I think the first CD I may have ever bought myself that was a album may have been a Best of Oasis album. I was gonna. I was gonna. I gonna try and tweak that question a little bit. What was like the earliest formative album you can think of? Like this was bought for me mm-hmm. at my request on cassette tape. Actually, a few were bought for me. I genuinely think it might have been Spice Girls on cassette tape. Mm. That and Spice World. Because I was about to say something different as for like the amount I played it, but those Spice Girl albums, those first two were just so. They meant so much to me. I ad- I adored the Spice Girls. Mm. So, I will say I did have a copy of Aqua's Aquarium on cassette tape, <laughs> and that is a stonking album. Um, but I, I grew up around a lot of music. Like my mm. parents had a lot of stuff on vinyl, so I grew up around music. So I didn't necessarily seek out my own music appreciating identity until yeah. later. What about you? I have this very distinct memory. We went on a family holiday to America when I was quite young. Mm-hmm. And I have this very distinct memory of we rented a car and drove everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, of hearing, listening to the Talking Heads a lot. Yeah. Um, the first album I remember buying myself. Uh huh. Was Party Time by the Cheeky Girls. Seminal music of our time. Which is why I can uh, sing album tracks of Cheeky Girls songs <laughs> off by heart. Um, but my brother used to make me mixtapes called Hamish's Hits as a That's birthday precious. present every year. That's so cute. Um, so those are my real introduction to music. And he used to um, get felt tips and like design a really cool cover of all That's my awesome. interests and stuff. Aw, I love that. They are filled with like the novelty songs that like Bart Simpson released and oh, I, I the number of times I've listened to Simpson sing the blues I can sing you that album mm. like I'm not even joking okay um, what's your gaming platform of choice plat oh when platform. I said gaming system because I realised we talk a lot about tabletop games oh so I, I realised the question could no I mean like gaming console oh okay or platform if you um yeah I'm a very much a Nintendo fan yeah um the first game I ever played was Duck Hunt on the NES, mm-hmm. and I've I've pretty much had Nintendo consoles 
like on release day. I honestly like save up as soon as they're announced. That's what my money goes on. Um, so right now I'm, I'm really in love with the Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. I do also have a PlayStation, which I... Um, PS3. A PS4. PS4. Christ, yeah, four. Which I... Um, do you what, just play Overwatch on that? What, do, what is it when you like take something because they can't pay something? Repossess? I kind of repossessed it of Lydia. She wasn't playing it and she wanted to sell it to me. Okay. Then one month she couldn't pay rent. <laughs> I just kind of repossessed it. Which sounds really mean, but she never played it. And, yeah. Um, it's very strange. That's my first, like... <sighs> Nintendo feels so separate from Direct PlayStation to... and Xbox. Yeah. And they're fun, but, like, I'm just... The games are either too big or too hard or they're just I'm not Nintendo just has so much charm and I have so much emotional connection to everything they make yeah um so I've played I've bought a lot of games for PS4 but I just instantly sell them yeah uh, once I've completed them or even before then or whatever um Overwatch is the only game I have for it and honestly if Overwatch came out on the Switch I'm yeah might sell PlayStation (laughs) um fair but it's nice to it's very very nice to have I'm very feel very lucky Mm mhm but the Switch is great because cool. it's a games console that you can take with you. Switches are great. Yeah. And I'm purposely saying that as not Nintendo Switch. Just Switches are great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, honestly, since getting one, I've looked at PlayStation 4 games I want to get and then been like, yeah, but I can't take it with me. What's the point? Yeah. Um, do you prefer yeah. to be a GM, a DM? GM or a player in a tabletop game? It's a good question. There's definitely less work involved in being a player. <laughs> so it's less stressful. But there's a lot about being a DM slash GM that I really enjoy. Um, it might vary from system to system. I haven't had any really much experience outside of Dungeons and Dragons either and I feel like with different gaming systems it may be different mm-hmm. if I could only do one for the rest of my life I'd probably say player because I'd find being a DM all the time exhausting but I wouldn't want to give up DMing mm. yeah. what about you? I know you've not done a whole lot of GMing yeah but it was very the reason why I ever want to GM is that there's games I want to play. Yeah. Um, so if someone else is offering a Power Rangers game or yeah. um, I'm developing a horror game, I I think I'd much rather play. But then always during playing, I'm like, oh. We should find, a G- we should find more GM-less games that yes. you'd like to play. Where, everyone, like to where find- everyone is a player together. Yeah, I'd also like to play be a player in a game of you. Yeah. Well, where I'm the DM. No, where we're both players. Oh, well, we're both players. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hamish has yet to experience me as a DM. But he will soon. Yeah. That should be fun. Okay, um, favourite starter Pokemon you've ever had? Because <laughs> I know you've played every Pokemon game. Um, I have a lot of connection to Totodile, which... Oh, the little flame pretty, crocodile. It's a it's a water crocodile. It's blue. It's like... Oh, oh okay. Um... Which isn't, I guess, a big surprise because I'm a crocodile enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the cartoon, it makes a very funny noise. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of goes, <laughs> um, 
Uh, <laughs> I have a deep connection to um, Charmander, because that's what I chose originally. Uh-huh. I don't know. I Do you know about Pokemon URL drama? No. On Tumblr, there's this whole community of people whose life is to get a canon, completely accurate Pokemon URL okay. as their name. Because there's only a limited amount of Pokemon, yeah. so... They all get taken, and so whenever a new Pokemon get announced, the rush. instantly get it. And I was briefly Quilladin, which is a second stage of a starter Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So that's my third, who I have a connection to. Cool. Do you have a connection to any starter Pokemon? Nope. Nope. I do have an unbridled love for Pikachu, mm. but that is based off. Um, I watch. I enjoyed the cartoon. Yeah. I, I love a lot of the Pokemon from a design point of view, and there are lots I think, oh, that would be fun. But yeah, I'm very defensive of the modern designs because I think they still keep yeah. being good. Also, thanks to Griffin's Nuzlocke run, um, <laughs> I've got a lot of affection for the third stage of Pidgey, Pidgeot, Mrs. Beekman. For anyone that's watched the Nuz- Griffin's Nuzlocke run, they'll know who Mrs. Beekman is. But uh, yeah, I haven't played Pokemon games, so. Um. Before we go for a quick break, yes, um, I'm going to ask you one of the toughest, most hotly debated Ooh. questions of oh. our generation. Okay. Uh, fuck, marry, kill. Okay. Bigfoot, Mothman, and Nessie. <laughs> right. Would you rather snog, marry, avoid? <laughs> um... I think I would marry Nessie. Oh. Go to Scotland. You know, it's a beautiful location. Oh. Nessie seems sweet. Um, I don't know. Mothman seems so mysterious. <laughs> I feel there's some allure there. <laughs> Wings are cool. We could go flying. All right, then I'll fuck Mothman. I'm sorry, Bigfoot. It's too popular for me. I'll kill Bigfoot. What about you? See, I'd marry Bigfoot because I basically already have. Uh-huh. And kill. I'm going to kill Mothman. They mm-hmm. seem dangerous. <laughs> right I think that was part of my appeal. Yeah, uh, and um, I'd <laughs> fuck the lot. That's not <laughs> You wrote that question, Hamish. You uh, wrote that question. Should we uh, watch that out of our mouths with a? Yeah, I think we best. Let's, have, let's go have a break. It's the middle section of this very strange getting to know you episode of Box Not Included. I want to mention that one of the reasons this is happening is for a technical issue with a guest we wanted to have. Yes. But I think it's nothing to do with our guest. No, I think it's turned out quite well. (laughs) Yeah, we we, we hope you're charmed by Um, it. Yeah, and I want to put up a Twitter poll and find out your opinions on my cryptid uh, blind date. Dream. When that tweet appears, please remind yourself that it was written by Hamish <laughs> and not endorsed by me. I just think it's important. You're right. Um, I'll tell you what is important. Yes. Our sponsor. Yeah. Beastly Beverages. Beastly Beverages. Uh, fandom and fantasy luxury hand blended loose leaf tea and tea related geeky paraphernalia. The business is queer owned. All ingredients are organic and fairly traded and almost all of the products are suitable for vegans. And BC Beverages has just launched a range of teas inspired by classic literature. There's Sherlock Holmes, Pride and Prejudice, 
Dracula. Dracula. Um, Picture of Dorian Gray. Oh, yeah. Um, but the one we're going to talk about today is Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, it uh, contains uh, black tea. I can't speak. Uh, black tea, uh, oolong, jasmine petals and dried orange. Mm. That'd be cool. I'll try that. Do you have a favourite Alice in Wonderland kind of character? Cheshire Cat. Cheshire Cat? That's and weird. I don't. I just just assumed Mad Hatter. Uh, March Hare, if anybody, out of okay. that particular trio. I, it depends what version of Alice in Wonderland we're talking about. But I, I've always really liked trickster archetypes. Yes. And the Cheshire Cat is very much that to me. I don't like everything about Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. I love the visual of that version mm. of the Cheshire Cat. But that's my colour scheme. Yeah, that uh, makes sense as soon as you said that. I think I just forgot about. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, like, well, I like the stoner caterpillar. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't exactly relate to it. Um, just trying to think of the characters. Yeah, I always like the white rabbit as well. Yeah. Um, white rabbit is very relatable. I like one of the things I do like about the Tim Burton one is the uh, Queen of Hearts. I think that's an interesting visual. Mm. The giant head. Yeah, um, Anne Hathaway's amazing in that movie. Mm. I love that. That's a really good call take on like lawful. As the alignment. Yeah. Because she's delightfully kind of unsettling. There's a lot of things about... Uh, I haven't seen the second one. It's meant to be a bit better. No, neither have like, I. There's a lot of things about them which are interesting. Mm. It just... I also quite like uh, the, the the giant bloodhound and the band of snatching. Mm. They're fun. I like the Disney... Uh, the cartoon. Mm. Um, I like the song that the flowers sing. Yeah, those flowers are so bitchy. And there's one which is like... Quiet bird. Anyway, you can reminisce about your favourite Alice in Wonderland moments while drinking this delicious tea. That you can pick up at beastybeverages.com. Um, they also have a Patreon, a Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you use the sponsor code Beverage Beast, all one word, capital B's, you can get free shipping when you spend £20 or more. And they ship worldwide. Even to Wonderland or Underland. Yeah. Through the looking glass. Once again, that sponsor code <laughs> is Beverage Beast, or one word, capital B's. At bcbeverages.com. How you feeling? Ready to go back in? Let's get some personal question asking occurring. <laughs> yeah, let's get let's get deep and personal. Right. Down the rabbit hole we go. Right, bring on the questions. Okay. Um I have a t- two mm. <laughs> You asked me in a previous episode who my who I was dating in Dream Daddy, and I know you haven't played it, but who's your Dream Daddy in um, the game? Based on pure visuals, it's probably is it Matt is the barista with like the, the barista? dreads? Yeah, yeah. Based on pure visuals, I would have to say Matt. My favorite thing about Dream Daddy has been the cosplay. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, also, uh, is it which one's the chubby one? Brian. Brian is kind of very cute. He uh, is very cute. In the game, he's kind of annoying, but uh, like, I think he's meant to be in. Uh, some dads are like instantly great yeah, and they go on some, dates. Some are you, slow burns. And some of them are kind of annoying and then you get to know them. I was like, the more and more I see of Damien, the, like normally in real life, I'm probably like, nah. Also, yeah. uh, I feel probably the same way about Robert. After finding out that Robert's into cryptids, uh, Robert became a. <laughs> whole lot more intriguing to me as a person. Damien, I was just like, that is not my aesthetic. I do not enjoy that. And then you meet him in Hot Topic returning something (gasps) because 
he ordered something Victorian and it turned out to be Edwardian and he wants his money back. Oh and no! Instantly, it's just like, oh no! You petty fuck! Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> um, <laughs> I have meant. I mentioned a tweet. Yeah. A concept for my own dating sim. Yes, you did. In which you play as Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. and date various Jeff Goldblums from his career. If you had to date a Jeff Goldblum, I'm sorry about all minor dating questions, That's good. but I'm treating this like a slumber party. It's so. fine. Um, we should have got real popcorn. <laughs> what Jeff Goldblum would you most want to date from a different film? Mm, it's got to be either Dr. Ian Malcolm or his character from Independence Day. See, mm, I think. I'm much more into current Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I love the grey. I am not saying that the grey isn't good. Um, I would probably, I might go for his tiny, tiny role he has in Grand Budapest Hotel when he oh, he's good in Grand uh, Budapest comes Hotel. in with yeah. all the sort of funeral things. I feel like you don't get to know much about his character, but there's he seems the, like a nice... There's something there. Mm. Doesn't he get his fingers cut off? I think so. Something ha- something nasty happened to him. There's an incredible chase between him and um, mm. Willem Dafoe yeah. through a museum. No, so just on reflection, as much as I love Ian Malcolm, and I do, I think it's going to have to be Independence Day, Jeff Goblin, because there's like the tank top with the plaid shirt vibe. Mm. And there's... I'm having a moment. Yeah. My favourite bit the, in the... Butch lesbian Jeff Goldblum, basically. <laughs> My favourite bit in the second Independence yeah. Day, which is not a tremendously good film, but it's trash and I quite liked it, uh-huh. um, is uh, Jeff Goldblum's character's dad is still in the... Hell in yeah! And they're driving along, and the person driving the car who isn't his dad is like... Wait, who's that in the distance? That tall, strange, gangly, weird-looking creature man. <laughs> and then the dad is like, "Oh, is that my son?" <laughs> <laughs> and I just like the, I don't know, just interesting. That's cool. Who was your favourite gem in Steven Universe? Oh my god! Yeah, I snuck that question in when you weren't looking. <sighs> okay, it's kind of two things. I'm going to tell you a little bit of story. Oh, okay. Take me on a journey. Justin and I, my husband... I'm familiar. Um, ...have rarely had arguments. Oh, okay. The one time we did have an argument, and neither of us genuinely can remember what it's about. Uh-huh. Um, but it got awkward, and we felt bad, and we didn't even want to really look at each other. It was really bad. But I said, as we're going to bed, well, I'm going to watch Steven Universe, because there's a new episode. Mm-hmm. You can watch if you want. And it was the Keystone Motel episode of Steven Universe, ah. in which uh, Garnet breaks apart and Ruby and Sapphire aren't talking and have an argument. Yeah. And by the end of the episode, we were just like holding each other and crying. Yeah. And the amount I relate to Ruby mm-hmm. is like, watching the episode made me realise someone on the writing team experiences the same thing I do. Um, yeah. And I relate to a lot to Ruby. So I love Garnet the most. Yeah. Um, and I love Ruby even more. <laughs> sure. And Sapphire reminds... I, I love Ruby because it reminds me of me, but Sapphire reminds me of Justin. Um, And that's why queer representation is so great, because you get to see yourself in characters. Yeah. Um... Who's your favourite gem? Uh, 
maybe amethyst. Mm-hmm. Maybe smoky quartz. Oh yes. Actually, it's probably smoky quartz. Smoky quartz is actually my favourite design. I love. Show, I, I love. If I was a slightly different body shape, I would cosplay smoky mm. quartz. Uh, I uh, I just love them. I just I really do. I also have um, a lot of love. I have a lot of love for a lot of the fusion designs. Mm. Um, a lot of them I'm very very fond of. Um, Sardonyx kills me. <laughs> like I love her. It's the <laughs> like it just. It's fab, but uh, yeah, I love them all. Do you consider yourself a wine mum or a vodka aunt? I consider myself neither. If anything, I'm maybe a whiskey uncle <laughs> or a rum cousin. <laughs> rum cousin. <laughs> rum cousin sounds delicious. It does, doesn't it? A bit like a rum barber. Mm. What about you? <laughs> Given that neither of us are massive drinkers. No, I think I'm the... Um, Oh, could I be a fruit cider sibling? I feel like I'm the, like, quinoa neighbour who, like, pops in and brings in my, like, grass smoothie. Now, I think I'd see you more like a milkshake mate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean, in another life, I definitely worked in a milkshake bar. In a malt shop. In a malt shop. In an old soda store. Um, yeah I feel like wine mum and vodka aren't come with certain connotations certain commentation yeah okay alright you said that you play Princess Peach a lot is that so I'm guessing she's your main in Mario Kart I swap characters around a lot do you is that with all your games all my games and there's ones I jump to as like I defend and yeah um, I play a lot of in the current Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Um, I play a lot as Larry Cooper, <laughs> the most famous <laughs> of the. Which one is Mario. Larry? Uh, he's just some guy, you know. He's a he's got a blue yeah. mohawk thing. Okay, cool. I don't know why. Um, okay. I, I'm very technical of Mario Kart. It's all about yeah. I know you're terrifyingly good at Mario Kart. It's all Kart. about yeah. I don't stats want, I, and okay. things. What about Smash Brothers? You got any preferences in Smash so, Brothers? So I have a few. I play as Princess Zelda a lot. Okay. Um, she's all my characters are floaty psychic type people, okay. and people that have like magical abilities. Yeah. So I play as her. I play as Ness from more because I'm a Earthbound slut. Mm-hmm. And will yep. do anything in my power to make Nintendo know that that franchise is supported. Alive and loved. Um, I have, I I've pre-ordered their like classic SNES thing. Oh, cool. Um, if I complete Earthbound on that, I will have completed it on four different consoles, none of which is what it was originally re- released on. Nerd. Yeah, it's just my favorite game. Um, what about Overwatch? Who are you maining at the moment? Um, I haven't played it in a while. Uh-huh. Um, as I think as Splatoon's come out. Um, who do you ah? Oh, who do you main on Splatoon? So in Splatoon, you don't have characters; you just have yourself. Oh, okay. And then you choose different weapons. Okay. And at the moment, I'm enjoying the the Julies, which is one of the new weapons where you have two little guns and you can cool. And you have a jetpack. Um, jetpack. 
Overwatch, my mains have always been uh, Diva, May, and Farah. Cool. And I sometimes play McCree for the thirst. <laughs> cool. I just I want to be good as McCree so I can play as him and check yeah. him out. But mostly you're in it for the thirst. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's interesting that I will always naturally lean towards female characters. That's cool. And I do know this is something. I said. I mean, I made a joke about it earlier, but this is something a lot of uh, gay male gamers I know do. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but in all fighting games and all racing games, it's always pick the girl. Cool. I don't know why. That's awesome. Um. So yeah. Cool. And Overwatch has doesn't just have the one girl who's the pink princess. It has, you know, you don't really choose your character based on gender. It's based on how fun they are to play. Though you do like the the main that has a big pink mech. That's true. <laughs> also, as soon as... Um, and the one with the cute fluffy hood and the big gun. Yeah. Also, as soon as um, Genji got the Sentai costume, I went from him being in my bottom three to... to Hello, like, buddy. Every time I can, I play as Genji. <laughs> Um, you know your brand. I do. Um, Actually, you ask me a question and then we'll discuss brands. Well, what, uh, hmm, what TV show would you bring back from cancellation? Leverage. <laughs> do you think that there's a little more story to tell with that? I would watch them do heists for 10 years. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't think it needs more. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, no. Let's take that back because I love Leverage. They did kind of get a good ending. And a satisfying ending. Um, hmm. That's the thing, is that bringing a show back comes with all of the bad aspects of bringing a show back. Yeah. Where, um, There's lots of shows I've loved and lost over the past. Um, maybe I'll bring The Get Down back. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it, but it deserves it. Mm. I mean... It's still in its youth... I think a lot of people expect me to say Firefly, which I do love. And I think, like, but it wouldn't be the same show now. Yeah, I feel like the time's passed. Yeah. So, yeah. I wouldn't bring it back, but I've genuinely, genuinely written out Mm. uh, my pitch to bring back Sliders. (laughs) Cool. Uh, Because I just think it's a a show... Yeah, that show could keep going. I just think it's a show with a unique... Uh, concept that I don't think they really had the budget or yeah. TV was in the place to really do that right. Sure. Um, I'd love to do it where, so in Sliders, people go to different parallel universes and I'd like to do a lot of research into each one and I really pinpoint when the difference happened. That's a cool thought. Um, and I'd like to put that into part of like how they solve Ooh, to get onto the next that'd one. That'd be like, cool. So it'd be more of a like weird Myst- history, yeah, that'd be fun. history mystery show. I dig it. Um, so that was my choice. I used to watch it a lot. Hmm. What's your brand? <sighs> it's one of those weird things, like you know it when you see it. Yeah. There's a lot. People get atta- I get tagged in a lot of things, and some things are very much not my brand. Some things are. Yeah. Um. My brand is colourful, mm-hmm. and and I think that's lots lots of colours, but lots of sort of pinks and yellows and colours that I think people shy away from in design. Yeah. Um, things are huggable. Yeah. 
Um, and that's, again, that's... People always tag me and stuff with, like, chubby guys, and yeah. But just, like, big things, like Godzilla and mm-hmm. big... Lots of round things. I yeah. use roundness in my design a lot. Um, and... Um, queer as hell. I don't know. That's good. Good brand. I feel like my brand is just that I didn't change any of my interests based on growing up. Yeah. So if I was into something when I was eight, I'm probably still into it. Yeah. I can't think of many things that I've stopped liking. Yeah. Only stuff in recent years when like, oh, I didn't like season two or something. Sure. But like my core interests have remained the same. Yeah. What is your brand? Vibrant colours. Mm-hmm. Like ri- like deep purples and like bottle greens. I'm a villain waiting to happen. Um, none of good guys have the purple and green colour scheme. Um, and I kind of know why, but that's... Uh, high levels of enthusiasm. Uh, eccentrics. And I'd say hope mm. or optimism. I think that's one of the things that one of the things that I think people because I'm a very sarcastic individual, like to the point where it's ridiculous, um, and I I can have a very dry wit, and I can be a little bit scathing and a little bit sharp. And I'm always quick to sort of, I think, I don't say quick to criticize, but at the end of the day, I'm a very positive person, mm. and I like to be enthusiastic about things. And I like to see the best in people. I think that sometimes catches people by surprise. And, but I like that. I, I'm, I'm a realist. And I used to call myself, uh, on my old blog titles years and years ago, a cynical idealist, because mm. I want to believe the best in people. So, yeah, I suppose that's it. Um, what was the last book you read? <sighs> Oh, I haven't read a book in so long. Neither have I. It's the worst format. I read. <laughs> Hamish. Oh, but everyone thinking it. Everyone's. Thinking no, they are not thinking it. I'm very sorry to all of my book loving friends listening. It's my least favorite uh, format as a dyslexic, potentially ADHD. Well, that's a different person. thing. Um, I read a lot of fic. Mm. And that's what the bulk of my reading is. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Yeah. The last audiobook I listened to, and it was amazing, was um, uh, Aristotle and Dante's Secrets of the Universe. I remember you talking about that on a catch-up decal. And it's still the last book I listened to. I've read a couple of graphic novels since then, mm. but I haven't read a book in ages. And I really should, because I've got some sitting on my shelves that I haven't read. I may reread Good Omens again soon. Mm-hmm. So we've got another adaptation coming out. So, hmm. okay, 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 okay. What are some fictional characters you identify strongly with, for whatever reason? You can specify what the reasons are, but some fictional characters that you've gone that well, you, you mentioned Ruby with mm. favorite gems, but where, where you've seen them or read them or listened to them and gone, oh, oh no, you're me. Um. I mentioned, I think, I have to mention Newt briefly. Big Ugh. kaiju groupie. Yeah. Um, frantic. Uh, Shrill. 
shrill, wanting to do what's right, despite um, their interests making it seem like I think I've been listening to a lot of murder podcasts recently and getting the uh, dual dilemma of I love this. I also wish there were no murders. Yeah, it's all I love listening to them and like. Um, it's just I just relate to someone who's so enthusiastic about their interests and yeah. um, doesn't really care how mm-hmm. others perceive them, but obviously does. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm thinking of. There's like a minor character, well, not even a minor character. There's a show called Please Like Me, which is an Australian sitcom about um, a gay guy and also deals with a lot of mental health stuff. Um, and he has a love interest and I relate to him a lot and it's it's quite a nice way where the love interest is a better person than the main character yeah so even though the show is from his point of view the love interest can be kind of um I don't know commenting on the, I don't know I related to him a lot when I used I watched the show with Justin and it was very clear that that was me yeah his name's Arnold um, <laughs> just so you don't think I'm talking if you've watched Please Like Me and you think I'm relating to one of the other horrible love interests because <laughs> clearly he's the best one um, what about you? Um, I also relate to Newt very much um, Parker from Leverage was definitely a, one. a recent addition mm-hmm. is Doug Eiffel from Wolf 359 mm-hmm. um, he's like he rings the uh, older autism da uh but he's like very into pop culture references and he's a bit of a sl- a bit of a slob and he frequently gets shit wrong and he's like falls out breaks things but also he's he's like all heart and he's often sort of the moral compass mm. of of that group of people and wants to do right by folk and yeah i love him there's a few characters, like I'd mentioned Charlie Kelly, but mm. I would also say in these certain episodes, discounting these things and yeah. this, because I do think he's the most inconsistent and yeah. I think poorly written character in Always Sunny, yeah. um, but also the one I relate to the most. Yeah. So there's a few characters like that where yeah. I relate to a version of that character in my head. Yeah. Um Foggy Nelson from Daredevil mm, yes. too is a is a big one. I do want to update my 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 bio on my Tumblr currently says the uh, theatrically inclined progeny of Newt Geisler and Foggy Nelson, mm. uh, which I maintain is very true in a lot of ways. Uh, but I'd like that I've had that as my description for a couple of years now, and I think it's time to to update that. Um, speaking of headcanons, do you have any notable queer headcanons? Everybody is, unless until proven <laughs> otherwise. Um, I'm trying to think of anything that's like massively popular right now. Because I put the, I wrote the question down, but as a rule, whatever I'm listening to, I uh, or watching, I mm. assume or I work under the assumption that people are queer unless explicitly proven otherwise. So, which is not necessary. I'm listening to a lot of podcasts right now. That sort of. And the, uh, the stuff I'm listening to actually has quite good representation. Mm. So there's less of a need, I guess, for a... Oh, what was I listening to or watching or reading the other day where I was just like, 
Oh, uh, in the Penumbra podcast, I head canon Rita as a trans woman. Mm-hmm. That's the first one. That's the only one that really springs to mind right now. I had canon Lars in Steven Universe as trans to the point where I keep forgetting that it hasn't already been confirmed in the show. Yes. Um, there's certain lines he says in recent episodes where he was saying stuff like, oh, the reason I can't do that is a long pause. I'm just weird, you know? And it's like, yeah. every time I go, oh, okay, I forgot, that's not official. Mm. Um, I've talked before about Paris Geller being... Yes. A wonderful, strong lesbian woman that mm-hmm. she doesn't realise. I say lesbian because I there's something about the male relationship she's been paired with where her disinterest and like yeah has been so has been feels part like compulsory of it. heterosexuality. Yeah, her, her the male relationship she has is a very different. Yeah, um, and my other one is kind of like I feel it less and less. I don't really like the character of. Star Lord Peter Quill mm. in Guardians of the Galaxy. In I like him, I guess, as a character, but he doesn't do as many subversive things that as I read into. Yeah, in the first, you wish film, he was as subversive as he feels to you. Yeah, in the first film, I think through pure coincidence and not really thinking about it, there's a few lines of dialogue which just make me think he definitely isn't. Yeah, straight. we discussed this in Gaze in Space, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. And I just think that's clearly less and less the yeah. point. But um, I, that's why I like I I've, I've been trying to write a sci-fi gay thing for a while, and it's basically just yeah putting all my queer head cannons about close to the galaxy and other things. Yeah. Um, one that uh, head cannon I've seen recently that I really like um, is Peter Parker in Spider-Man: Homecoming as a trans man. A young mm. trans man, just like some of the dialogue choices and things like that, and the evidence of saying, "Yeah, no, it's a, that's very much a headcanon I can get behind," because the Marvel universe is desperately in need of some, yeah, LGBT plus rep. And I film did a slightly better job in representing what a a New York high school would look like than mm-hmm. I've seen in a few other films recently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's cool headcanon. I just... I I, I, I headcanon nearly everything is queer. Yeah. Tell you what, if, along those lines, if you could insert a canonically queer character or have a character confirmed as queer in an existing piece of media, what or who would it be? Or what would the piece of media be? And yeah, you kind of know what I'm getting at. The one which I would I think do the best mm-hmm. would be Poe Dameron. Yeah. I love um, Finn and Poe yeah. as a relationship. I feel I'm trying to like be realistic mm-hmm. and I feel Finn for a number of other reasons um, being qu- being canonically queer in the text yeah. is less likely to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the fact that even straight audiences that never think about these things kind of have already joined that kind of method of thought with Poe. Yeah. And I think the fact that even though we have a lot of fun as a fandom as, like, the new trio, yeah. he doesn't really interact with, like, uh, Ray or, like, 
they don't. Yeah. They haven't like interacted as a trio yet. He's actually yes. quite a side character still. Yes. And, but he's still on the cusp of being main. And I just think it would be so easy. And Disney have already tested waters with LeFou. Mm-hmm. They can take the hit of certain countries not showing it. Um, mm-hmm. Or I just, I think it would really change things yeah. in a way. Like we've had queer representation, but there's always just been something about the representation that's made me go, I can see why they did that because it was a bit easier to do. Yeah. But I think when when talking about if I could insert, that's more like if that gets somehow denied or disconfirmed, uh-huh. like unconfirmed, yeah. that will actually make me upset. Yeah. Whereas usually I kind of expect that to happen. Sure. What about you? No, I like that answer too much to come up with a different one. I think that's really like on the money. Yeah. I think there's a real, like, I don't know, I, I, there's lots of other characters I'd like to have, and I'd love yeah. to insert new characters and things. But there's something about the significance of the Star Wars franchise. Yes. And that it's there. It's it's like the apple hanging from the tree ready to be plucked. Yes. It feels set up. It feels like a lot of people involved want it to happen, but for some reason some it might not. So, yeah. The thing I actually find very frustrating these days is that the queer representation gets brought up before the film comes out as part yeah. of like the marketing no, thing. don't do that. And it always... Make it be a part of the discussion afterwards. Yeah, I Let mean... Let it be in your film or it's your just TV that show. I understand why it happens. I'd like to, you know... Whenever I tell someone about Power Rangers, I'm always just like, oh my god, it's got like all this representation, you should see it. But I'd like just the film to be out before that starts, because then it feels like patting themselves on the back, and then it's always disappointing. And Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. Do you have a ghost story? I wish I had a ghost oh, story. I, I wish I didn't. Oh. I don't have one personally. My big fear with ghosts... <laughs> okay. ...is if I ever saw a ghost... Everything I feel and understand about the universe is different, which makes me feel like I wouldn't, because I, I do believe people who've seen ghosts have seen ghosts. I feel I believe they have seen that, but I also feel like the kind of people who have ghost stories are the kind of ones willing to suspend their disbelief. And I don't know, my idea of ghosts is so strongly I don't think they exist that I don't think I can see them. So uh-huh. if I saw one, I'd have to rethink my entire life. But my mum has two ghost stories. Cool. And they haunted my childhood. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Maybe I'll tell them a different episode. Okay. We'll have a ghost episode. Halloween special. Sure. Um, okay. What is your fave genre as a consumer and your fave genre to play in as a creator? My favourite genre as a consumer is domestic sci-fi. Cool. I love seeing the design of... I mean, I like sci-fi in lots of ways, but there's nothing that pleases me more than seeing like people eating breakfast and yeah, uh, going to work. And it can make any film interesting to me. Recently, I watched The Bicentennial Man, which is quite schmaltzy and it's very long and it's a bit rambling and it thinks it's a little bit smarter than it is. But like, I watched the whole thing because every scene was interesting to me yeah. from like fashion, like. I love it in sci-fi when they go to old buildings or go to the beach. You're like, oh, it looks exactly the same. Why wouldn't it? Um, It's like when you see old photos in colour and you're like, oh, they're real people. Mm -hmm. I like seeing the future in that way. um, Where people aren't talking about spaceships and aliens and it's just like, yeah, no, they still go to work, they still watch things. 
as tall people. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think I've ever done anything in that way. I love, um, as you can probably tell by my last my last question, I love making people spooked. Yeah. Or I like telling a ghost Bring story. The spoop. Um, I love, yeah, I do Dead Endia. It's so not a horror comic at all, but I like playing in the world of spookiness and demons yeah. and monsters and ghosts and stuff. Cool. How about you? I am a big fan of uh, urban fantasy mm. or things that combine the magical and the mundane or the supernatural and the mundane. Because mm-hmm. I consider some of Terry Pratchett like a disc world to be almost urban fantasy because yeah. the settings are very quote normal even though it's a fantasy world i'm a huge fan of the dresden files books which mm. are urban fantasy um uh, and it's something i just that mix is very appealing to me and yeah i i genuinely quite like genre stuff like where things are a little bit more extreme a little bit more heightened but Urban fantasy definitely has sort of a place in my heart. Um, and a genre I'd like to play around with more is sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, I love domestic sci-fi, um, but I also like the chance to explore things, which is why I'm really excited for this actual play podcast, because that will be sort of my first deep dive outside of fanfic into, mm. a, into a sci-fi setting. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to playing that particular sandpit because it's a, it's a new one for me. I will also just add on to that always musical. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That's my favorite mm-hmm. additional sure. Uh, genre. Sure. Um, we're actually running longer than most episodes. Oh. Um, but we can keep asking questions. Are there, is, there, is there a question you have left that's burning desire? I only have one left on my half of the thing. I have a few. Okay. Well, I have a couple, but I don't know if they're burning desire questions. Yeah, I'm not really bothered about that one. Do you want to do some just quick fire, rapid? Sure. Things can take them in turns. Yeah, sure. So, Pepsi or Coke? Coke. You? Do I answer it yet? Uh, Coke. Chinese food or Italian food? <sighs> can I have one for the rest of your life? Italian. Hmm. Uh, I'd probably go for Italian as well. If that had been Chinese or Indian, it would have been a different thing. Yeah, I, I love Chinese. I love Chinese more food more than Italian. But if I could only have one in your life? I eat so much pasta. I eat so much garlic bread. And like... Though I don't know whether garlic bread is truly Italian. <laughs> the most Italian food. But I do eat so much pasta and pizza that I just couldn't... Yeah. I'd have to rethink my life. Early bird or night owl? Is early bird meaning you wake up early? I think it means like you're active in the morning. Oh. Um, oh, night owl. Yeah. I, I mean, but I do have early nights. Yeah. But I think it has to do with when you're most productive. Well, yeah. I If I could have my work hours be like 7pm to mm. whenever, it's the perfect time to draw because it just feels like there's less distractions in the world. You can't just like... Yeah. You can't. You don't have to do your errands and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Probably an early bird. Like, I wish my job happened later so I could have the mornings to try and be creative. Yeah. Because I feel once you wake, I, up, you wake up very early. Once I get up and I get going, I want to do things. Mm. Whereas in the evening, I just sort of everything's kind of slowing down, and I just sort of maybe struggle to stay motivated after I've had so much sensory input all day. The evenings to me always feel like bedtime is this hard deadline, yeah. and then I have to get stuff done before then. I oh, see. That's kind of cool. 
Um, chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Yeah. If it's ice cream, it can vary, but generally speaking. I think I'm vanilla. Yeah. In more ways than one. Yeah. Well, you like to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love chocolate. Mm. There's not really a vanilla substitute for just like bars of chocolate. Can I have Neapolitan? Give me Absolutely. Give me, the, give me that trifecta of goodness. Neapolitan looks like a pride flag and or of some kind of yeah something. Now I want Neapolitan ice cream. We can get it. Cool. Introvert or extrovert? I have recently discovered I'm an extrovert. Yeah, so am I. I just think I'm exhausted. I it. My social issues and my autism don't always play very well, but I do feel energised being with other people. Yeah, like, the the ideas of introvert and extrovert are slightly not yeah, as soon true. As, you, as soon as you add neurodiversity to the introvert-extrovert dynamic... Yeah, I mean, also, I, I've, I've, most people have chunks of both that's very true but also let me just the- point out that myers-briggs is astrology for smart people who think that mm-hmm. astrology is bullshit um but uh i think the idea that and if you're you are an introvert if you don't like going to parties and like to leave early and that's like no, no. i'm an extrovert and like i wear myself out when i'm with people I find all this pressure to like entertain everyone and be yep. the centre of attention and make mm-hmm. sure everyone's great. Yep. And I get worn out. Mm-hmm. And, and then want to go home and sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, I'm not really a big enough fan of either to really you put much wrote state- this question. Yeah, I copied it off the list. <laughs> what do you want from me? Um, I've watched more Star Trek, I think, but I love the, fan- the fantasy aspect of Star Wars. But the thing is, it's one of those questions, like, I feel they're such radically different things. Yeah. I don't know whether it's fair to compare them. I think if they didn't have Star in the title, they wouldn't be compared so much. Yeah. But I like them being compared because it shows the the variety you can do in sci-fi. That's very true. My heart says... Well, no, my brain says Star Trek. I know that's heart the better... Star Wars. Yeah, I know that's the better piece yeah. of media. I know it's... Um, doing a better job of everything. But Star Wars. But I there's would watch... Ma- there's a, magic in Star Wars. Yeah, I'd watch any Star Wars film, even the prequels, mm. like, in a heartbeat, because yeah. there's just something about it. Yeah. Um, and on that bombshell, I think we should wrap up the episode, because we've <laughs> talked about ourselves quite a lot now. I thought that was quite fun. That I was think, fun. I, I think do, we should do we'll this. Do, we'll do it again. Um, we'll do every, a no vox pop, all the questions from you guys, and you can ask it. We'll do an, we could do an AMA. Also, this is... A good example, if you can't think of box, uh, no yeah, box, box just episodes. send us random. This is the things. kind of questions we want. We don't need. I mean, we love talking about big yeah, deep things. Things but we that also provoke like, discussion are great, but you can just literally ask us: Would you rather? Which Star Trek captain would you most like to serve in the Federation under? Serve under. Oh, stop it! It's the it's a pseudo <laughs> Miller. Stop it, Hamish. I'm very excited for Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, like. Oh. Dream Captain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just send us anything. Like we, I, I mean, I like that bug question on the last. Yeah, one. that was fun. Um, yeah, we love just talking to yeah. each other. If you send us a question that we don't want to answer, you're not going to upset us. We just won't answer it. But we're pretty yeah. game to answer most. We things. won't answer it, and I'll probably send some kind of message. Hey, sorry, we just didn't have enough to say about this kind mm-hmm. of thing. I think that's expected. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I hope that's been okay. I hope you guys have enjoyed. <laughs> 
This... We'll try and sort out the technical difficulties yeah. and get our cool. We'll get guest on, hopefully over. get our guest in soon. Um, if you want to get in contact with us in the meanwhile, we've got individual Twitters. I'm at jdoxfordrose. I'm at Hamish Steele. We also have, are available as at Box Not Included on Twitter and Tumblr. We also have a Facebook group. Just search for Box Not Included, where you can join and join in all the discussions after every episode and meet other like-minded queer and geeky folks. Mm-hmm. And we also have an email address at Box Not uh, Box Not Included at Gmail dot com. Yeah. As always, we want to thank Graham Waller, audio overlord, master of the sound waves, uh, for our theme music. He helps produce the podcast. We'd be lost without him. We've apologised profusely to him for the technical issues. <laughs> um, you can check out more of his work at grahamwaller.com uh, and you can uh, download the latest single from his synthwave duo, Glitterwolf, called Street Purge, and you can get that on iTunes and Google Play or Google Music. But until next time... I'm Jade Rose. I'm Hamish Steele. And, uh, you know, don't let anybody box you in.